Welcome to BDO Talks ERISA, a monthly podcast from BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence. Each month, we'll be talking best practices around all things ERISA, how to avoid common compliance issues, how to navigate the tricky ins and outs of ERISA's fiduciary provisions, and discussing our own experiences working for BDO's ERISA Services Group and the insights we share through the ERISA Center of Excellence. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Welcome to another podcast for BDO Talks ERISA. I'm Beth Garner, the National Practice Leader for our Employee Benefit Plan Audit Group and a partner at BDO. So joining us today is Norma Sharara. She is from our Compensation and Benefits Group here at BDO. Um, she is a managing director in our national tax office, and she has over 25 years of experience in the compensation and benefits area with an emphasis on retirement plans, executive compensation, and acquisitions. Norma, I think this is the second time we've had you to the podcast. Well, Yes, exactly. Well, thanks for having me back. I must have been okay the first time to get invited back. That's right. I'm trying to think if we've had anybody invited back besides the hostess, and I don't think so. So there you go. You you have a claim. Well, you've made my day. Thank you. Yes. So um, we're here to talk about some legislation that is um, we see coming down the pike for retirement plans. So I just want to open that up. So on March 29th, the House passed the Secure 2.0 with a vote of 414 to 5. There's about 50 provisions in that bill. And we think this is like ridiculously, absolutely, wow, amazing, because, you know, almost the entire House of Representatives approved this. I mean, holy smokes, they got along for a little bit. Yeah, you know, Beth, it's pretty incredible because that kind of vote where you get almost unanimous, everybody, Democrats, Republicans, that's like for naming a post office after a local hero, right? Those are the sort of things that get that kind of incredible support. So the fact that the whole House of Representatives could vote together on something is very remarkable these days in Washington, D.C. Yes. And so we now know that there's some legislation that kind of builds off this House pass. Secure Act 2.0. And it's this committee called the Health Committee, which is the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. Um, they approved some legislation, and that, that's formally named the Retirement Improvement and Savings Enhancement to Supplement Healthy Investments for the Nest Egg. I mean, that's just crazy long. So they've shortened that. To rise and shine. Exactly. That's, you know, a case of acronyms gone wild. I mean, the acronym, it's in all caps, RISE with an ampersand, RISE and SHINE. That is an abbreviation for that whole mouthful of official bill title that you just uh, read. So one of the things, you know, I live in the Washington, D.C. area, and you got to have a good acronym, you know, so the the bill can move. There's so much going on in Congress that if you have a nifty name for your bill, chances are it will actually help it get passed. Interesting. So now that we're looking at the House Passed Secure Act 2.0, you know, well, what's going on in the Senate? Because it sounds like the Senate has this rise and shine. Right. So, so 
you know, you might remember back from Saturday morning cartoons, you know, how a bill becomes a law, right? So the House finished and they, by, by such a wide margin, passed the Secure 2.0 bill. And that sends the bill over to the Senate. Well, in the Senate, there are two different committees. There's the HELP Committee, Health, Education, Pensions, Labor. And the Rise and Shine was their version of what they wanted to see go forward. Now, there's another Senate committee, the Senate Finance Committee. And they have taken the House bill, the Secure 2.0, and the senators all got to pile on. And they are now combing through more than 1,000 proposed changes to the 50 items that were in the House bill. And okay. they say, yeah, so the Senate Finance Committee hasn't yet published their bill text because they're still weaving the tapestry of all these potential changes that you know people in the Senate have said they'd like to see. And what's going to happen, Beth, is probably... The Senate Finance Committee is going to put out a bill that who knows what they'll name that one is is going to compete a little bit with the rise and shine bill. And so the two Senate committees are going to have to get together in a joint markup and go through. And, you know, the the hair pulling and the eye poking will happen behind closed doors, but they will emerge with a unified Senate bill that will go to the full Senate. And then once the full Senate approves, then the House people and the Senate people will have to go behind closed doors and stitch together a tapestry that everybody can live with. And that's all supposed to happen, believe it or not, by the end of this year. So, you know, it is very warm here as it is in most of the country. It's, you know, we're well into summer in Washington, D.C. And Congress is going out for recess. It's an election year, and a lot of the folks in Congress need to get back home to campaign. So we're not really expecting a whole lot of action, you know, July, August, um, you know, maybe behind closed doors. But certainly when people get back from the August recess, there's a limited window of opportunity for movement on these bills. And then the elections are upon us in November. So what I think we're going to see, realistic, is after the elections in November, in this last few weeks of December, the lame duck Congress, because we know the outcome of the elections, hopefully in December, I think that's when we're going to see actual movement on this bill, assuming it has continued broad bipartisan support. So you, so you really think it's going to get passed this year? You know, I'm going to say 50-50 because, you know, who knows, something else could come up, you know, war in Ukraine, climate change. I mean, there's any number of things that could overtake uh, the momentum that Secure 2.0 has in the Senate. And uh, we, we just we just don't know. But we've seen both Republicans and Democrats say, you know, this is going to help everybody. And it is not really that controversial. They're, they're tweaking around the edges. Remember SECURE, the original SECURE, that became law towards the end of December 2019, way before COVID, if you can even remember back in December 2019. And that SECURE bill 
had so many improvements and changes. It was the biggest change to retirement plan law since 2006 Pension Protection Act. So we went from 2006 major changes to 2019 major changes. And so now uh, people are looking to go even further with some enhancements to the 2019 concepts that just didn't make it through back then. And it would be interesting to, to kind of just tick through a couple of, of what we think the changes might be. Perfect. Yeah. What what are some of the key things we're looking at with this new legislation? Sure. Well, one thing that people are, are concerned about is, uh, you know, how to increase access to workplace retirement plans. And the House and Senate have somewhat different ideas about that. Uh, in the House bill, there was a, a mandatory auto-enrollment provision for businesses that had more than 10 employees. So the House thinks that every employer in the country who has more than 10 employees ought to have an auto-enrollment like 401k plan. That's not in the Rise and Shine Act. Uh, so there's, there's some differences there. Everyone thinks we need more access to workplace retirement savings, but how you get there is, is a point that's still being hammered out. Another thing that is a hot topic is emergency savings. I mean, through the pandemic, we've all learned how important emergency savings you know, is. Uh, the Secure 2.0 bill did not have an emergency savings provision, but Rise and Shine does. So you know, the, the Rise and Shine Act would allow what they call a sidecar 401k account for up to $2,500 pre-tax to build up that you could then tap into, you know, when your water heater blows up or something like that. So um, that's something. Also, uh, expanding uh, re required minimum distributions. The SECURE Act said, you know, those now don't have to start till you're 72. Uh, it would rise up to 75. Uh, other things like additional catch-up contributions, allowing people who are ages 62, 63, 64 to put in more catch-up money than they currently can, and to make all catch-ups perhaps after-tax Roth. So that would be a revenue raiser. You know, whenever you pass legislation, you have to have, uh, it has to balance out, right? And they have to score it for the cost of, of the revenue hit. Uh, another thing that they're thinking about is letting employers offer a choice to employees to have the matching contribution be Roth so that you would pay tax on the matching contribution up front when you're vested, of course, and then uh, when it comes out, it's not subject to tax. So the Rothification of some of these contributions, the, the, the match which would be elective employee by employee, and the catch-up contributions, which would be mandatory Roth. There are a number of other things like simplifying the notices, how many notices you have to give to participants. My goodness, They're, they wanna streamline for electronic plan administration through emails, uh, things like uh, savers credit being refundable to encourage people to save, uh, some additional tax credits for small businesses to have their startup costs uh, offset by some tax credits. Uh, 
all sorts of things to encourage people to save more and, and to really help people have an idea about their retirement. Um, you'll not, you might rem remember that this year, the defined contribution plans have to start giving out well, lifetime uh, income illustrations, right? And so there's some language in these bills that would mandate uh, additional disclosures about, well, can you live on that lump sum or what would it look like, you know, stretched out, out over an annuity? So there's all kinds of little cats and dogs, tweaks here and there about, you know, expanding access to workplace retirement savings. I would love to, um, I mean, right here, I've, I've read where, you know, Secure 2.0 has where you can treat student loan payments as elective, elective deferrals for purposes of matching contributions. Um, I do think, and that's not in the rise and shine. I do think that there needs to be something dealing with, you know, student loan payments. Um, kids are coming out with, you know, way too much debt. And um, somebody, I was reading a blog about it and that they're coming out and not having jobs to choose from. And that's the issue. And anyway, I think that student loan payments is definitely a hot topic. Now, I, me going through school and obviously me having to pay for my own and um, Norma, I think you're in the same boat that at the end of the day, loan forgiveness, I'm not a big fan of. I think that you have people that are winners and a lot of people that are losers that that have had to pay for their own. But I do think helping um, kind of recategorize, you know, a contribution would probably be a good idea. What's your? Yes, absolutely. That That is um, a hot topic. You're right. Uh, student loan debt is getting a lot of, of oxygen, you know, in, in Congress. And so it was included in the House bill to allow uh, if you make your student loan payment, then the employer could make a match into the mm -hmm. pay plan based on your student loan payment. So you're not losing out on the free money saving for retirement on a kind of you have to choose. Am I going to pay my student loan or save for retirement? But they're at least giving you the match. Now, the, the rise and shine, you're right, that was not in there. Who knows if Senate finance is going to put it in, but it's certainly an area that, that's getting a lot of attention. And something else that was um, in the SECURE Act from the House, but not in the Senate rise and shine, was this concept of, you know, the federal government ought to run a, a lost and found for retirement plan assets because one of the problems is leakage. You know, people do change jobs mm -hmm. and they leave money behind. And then that employer where they work merges, you know, two or three or four times and they've lost. They don't know where to go to find that money that they left behind. So uh, there is a lot of momentum behind. Well, maybe we ought to have a, a federally run lost and found so you don't lose your pension money. That is a that is a good idea because some of our clients get examined that they're looking at, you know, missing participants and it would be a whole lot easier to have a rule around it. And then it just goes into this database. So that that would definitely help plan sponsors. I mean, I look forward to some of this stuff and, and them ironing it all out and, and trying to figure out what's what's best for plan sponsors and participants. Um, I It's very nice to see that there is broad bipartisan support 
for these um, rules and um, exciting to see what comes out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see much public movement, you know, with the August recess coming up. But I do think, you know, there'll be a flurry at year end, as there often is at year end. And hopefully, you know, the the best parts of Rise and Shine and Secure 2.0 and whatever the Senate finance is going to call their bill, hopefully that will move and we'll see even greater access to workplace retirement savings. Definitely. Norma, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I just want to remind our listeners that we are here for all kinds of HR topics and, and retirement plan topics. And if uh, you have any suggestions, feel free to reach out to us. But our BDO ERISA Center of Excellence on BDO.com touches all topics, retirement and other HR trends to keep plan sponsors up to date. Thank you for joining today. Thank you for listening to BDO Talks ERISA. Past episodes are available at BDO.com slash BDO Talks ERISA. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also send us feedback, questions, or ideas you have for future topics at BDOTalksERISA at BDO.com. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence and the services we provide, visit BDO.com slash ERISA.